this is WTM. Watch this movie. What? <laughs> How you doing? Oh, good for you. Oh, wait. I ain't drinking up. First, you gotta do the Trump shuffle. Obviously, you're not a golfer. Watch a few movies, take a few notes. W-G-M. Watch this movie. Welcome back to a brand new edition of WTM Watch This Movie. I am Eric Mulder. You're sorry. Check my shorts for Christ's sake. <laughs> Got a new clip. Got a new clip. Another posterior related clip. <laughs> that it is. I'm going to call you the ass man. <laughs> Did you hear about the lady that backed into the fan? <laughs> Is that a setup for a joke or like a real story? It was a disaster. You get it? Disaster. It's another Chris Farley joke. Wow. In the, <laughs> in the words of Pitbull, the player haters ball. Man, you corny! <laughs> Pitbull, I'm the biggest hater. <laughs> clap for me, bitch. Actually, I think Buck Nasty did the clap for me, bitch. You look like a broke ass iced tea. Hit me, baby. I can just quote that <laughs> fucking sketch all day. Uh. <laughs> Pitbull, who? <laughs> he does it right into that lady's face. <laughs> Uh, R.I.P. Patrice O'Neill. Yep. Other voice you hear is Mr. Positivity, Brett. Chicken dippers! You got a new clip coming soon? Maybe. I gotta think of one. Yeah. I'm gonna keep my eyes out and my mm. ears. Yeah. It won't be from Stuber. <laughs> so disappointing. Spoilers. So disappointing. <laughs> Spoilers for this episode. Yeah, we'll talk about it. Yeah, this is a recently seen up. It's been a couple of weeks since we've done one. So we'll be talking about recently seen and then our movie challenge segment. You are going to talk about to live and die in L.A. Mm -hmm. And instead of challenging you to a movie next week, we're just going to challenge each other. Because we're both going to go see. Once upon a time in Hollywood. Yeah, if uh, if the theater by me would ever post their fucking times for the weekend, <laughs> I can maybe reserve a seat. I think I am lo- looking forward to the movie, but I think the thing that's most exciting for me is I won't have to see that fucking trailer before every goddamn movie that I see, because it's the <laughs> same fucking trailer every time. Yeah, and I've seen it before every movie that I've seen in the theater this year. I've only seen the trailer a couple of times, luckily, and missed out on most of the TV spots. So It's, it's usually the last one that they show, but uh, the last couple, I think it was the second to last one. Yeah. And if it's our movie, they always show the Red Band one. Yeah, we thought it'd be fun to go a little more in-depth with a new release, you know, with spoilers involved. Um, so next, the next recently seen up, we'll talk about it without spoilers for a... Uh, I don't know, five minutes or so, ten minutes. Yeah. And then at the end of the episode, we'll get into spoilers. 
you probably couldn't tell, but we really like Quentin Tarantino. Yeah. Considering we've only done one episode on one of his movies. Yeah. I know, we just tend to save them. They're too save good. Save them for later. They're too good. I saw somebody tweeted out, uh, what's your favorite movie featuring Madonna? And mine, <laughs> of course, is Reservoir Dogs. <laughs> just, just by reference. Well, they talk about her for like 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. And her big dick. <laughs> <laughs> dick, 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 dick. How many dicks is that? It's a lot of dicks. A lot. <laughs> I got Toby fucking Chen coming out of my right ear, and I got Madonna's big dick coming out of my left. <laughs> I don't know what to do. <laughs> Toby? Toby? Toby Wong. <laughs> Toby Wong? Fucking Charlie Chan. <laughs> That's another thing I could quote all day. <laughs> yeah. Fucking Reservoir Dogs. So, yeah, be looking out for that uh, next week. Uh, we're wrapping up our second month of the Summer of Sam. Uh, after this episode, we're going to be doing Lethal Weapon 2. Yeah. Which is the M of Sam. That's Mel. Mel Gibson. Melly Gibsons. And then <laughs> and then we started all over again in August. With, yeah. With uh, Sylvester Stallone and First Blood. Yeah, I see that trailer for that last Blood movie. <laughs> fucking hyped for that. I haven't seen. I've only seen the first two Ra- Rambo movies, but I'm fucking gonna see Last Blood in the theater. Yeah. Yeah, you'll have to see Rambo three, and then it looks fucking exciting. And then uh, Rambo four, and then just not, Rambo. Yeah, it's not called Rambo four. Yeah, it's just Rambo, right? Yeah. Um, that one I actually haven't seen, but yeah, I'll probably check it out. I read an article today that he's actually going to plan on doing another Rocky movie. <laughs> like, well, what? I remember him saying about a year ago, saying that after Creed 2, he was done with the Rocky character. He wasn't going to portray him anymore. Well, in 1980, done. in 1980, he said he wasn't doing a trilogy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then he said there'll never be a fourth one. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck he's going to do with, with another Rocky movie. Like, it works with Creed being the trainer and all yeah i don't know i haven't seen either the creed movies so i don't know where what direction they've gone in with them but god i hope he's not thinking of getting back in the ring (laughs) (laughs) grudge match was like eight years ago (laughs) that was ridiculous (laughs) yeah it was (laughs) they were they were both 20 years too old for that movie (laughs) Uh, how should we mention before we get started? We got a nice uh, shout out on a on a different podcast last week on uh, cinematically correct. Yes, thank you. Podcast gave us a nice word uh, on their Child's Play 2019 episode. I uh, just subscribed. I haven't listened yet, but maybe you could tell me what kind of what I can expect. Let's well, say uh, it's a husband and wife, and uh, she basically uh, just rips on him the whole time. And they, <laughs> they, they, if you don't like the movies we talk about, you might like the movies they talk about because they talk about a lot of movies that I haven't seen and I have zero interest in. But like, it's still fun listening to talk about it. Uh, and then the ones that I have seen and I like, they don't like. <laughs> <laughs> 
So, uh, but it's a lot of fun. I, I'd recommend anybody uh, go check them out. Cinematically correct. Yeah, give them a look. See. Uh, also, another continuing thanks to our friends from across the pond, Movie Drone. I don't know if we said congrats on their one year anniversary. Happy birthday! No, we didn't. Yeah, we happy made, birthday. We made fun of Mark. <laughs> yeah, we did. <laughs> <laughs> and you for turning into a real fucking mark i guess uh, apparently that was the podcast moment of the year <laughs> according to steve according to one person yeah yeah and uh they're celebrating they're the top in the top 100 movie podcast in ghana mm-hmm. so now i got an email today saying we were in the top 100 in canada checking in at number 72 what's that about <laughs> yeah i don't know thanks canada Speaking of Canadians. Love the support. Speaking of Canadians, there's a podcast called What Were They Thinking? Or What Were They Thinking? I guess would be the English version of that. (laughs) (laughs) And if you want more Summer of Sam, they just released an episode on Cliffhanger. Perfect. So I haven't listened to it. Uh, Mulder lent me his Blu-ray copy (laughs) of Cliffhanger because he, he of course, has a Blu-ray copy of Cliffhanger. Of course. So I'll be watching that and checking out that episode, but possible future episode for us as well. It might be part of our possibly. We're thinking about doing a a bunch of movies that all take place in the frigid cold. Maybe this coming January, maybe. Yeah, you know, to take our minds off of the frigid cold weather of Minnesota in January. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah, stay tuned for that, I guess. So, but yeah, let's uh, let's get into it. What did you see, Clarice? What did you see? I will go first. Yep. And it's all older movies today for me. You and I have gradually switched roles over the past month or so. You've been seeing a lot of new movies, and I haven't seen all that many new movies. This is true. I've also been pretty busy, though, but I'll get back to the swing of things by fall. It's actually pretty nice to go on the AMC app and book a seat for a movie and have it say $0.00. And zero cents. Although I did get charged for my second month, so I got to get back out there. Make it worth my money. So, I saw a film from 1983 called Blue Thunder. Ever heard of Blue Thunder? It's a helicopter movie. It sounds familiar. Is it something that El Rey plays a lot? I would imagine that they would play it. Not that I have. I haven't watched El Rey in probably over a year, but... It seems like something they would play. Directed by John Batum. Starring Roy Scheider. Your boy. I hate Roy Sch- No, <laughs> no. They, he's okay. It's that other guy from that movie, Jaws. Oh, Richard Dreyfuss. <laughs> uh, also starring Warren Oates. Candy Clark. Daniel Stern. Daniel Stern, way yes. back. That's a that's eighty-three early, Daniel Stern, early Daniel Stern, <laughs> and a man by the name of Malcolm McDowell. Wow, they let him be in movies in the eighties. Mm-hmm. Synopsis: I thought everybody hated him after uh, that porno that was supposed to be the high art film or whatever. What is it called? Uh, I don't know. Is that uh, Caligula? Yeah, Caligula. Yeah. I thought after that, everybody's like, "Yeah, we don't want to work with you." <laughs> He did that movie where they tricked you into filming scenes to 
intersplice in that hardcore pornography. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was on Netflix one time. Was it? Because like I'll have conversations with my dad sometimes about like cause he's a pretty straightforward. He likes action, you know, comedy, yeah. thrillers, maybe a little drama, not too much. Um, he likes to have a good time at the movies. And he'll surprise me once in a while with a movie he's seen. Like we were watching a uh, uh, Bone Tomahawk. Okay. In the very beginning of that, Sid Haig is in a scene, mm-hmm. and he's like, "God, who is that guy?" I know him. I'm, I'm, in my head, I'm thinking, "You don't know Sid Haig." <laughs> <laughs> and I'm thinking, "Well, I tell him, well, he was in a lot of exploitation movies, you know, in the '70s and whatnot." And you might know him, I guess, from Kill Bill. He has a bit part. As a bartender in the bar that Bud works at, mm-hmm. and you know he's in Jackie Brown as the judge, and I go, he's because I think I said, well, his name's Sid Hag, and he goes, yeah, I know that guy. He's in <laughs> Devil's Rejects. And I'm like, you've seen Devil's Rejects? He's like, yeah, it's pretty fun. <laughs> He'd never seen House of a Thousand Corpses, yeah, of course. But. I know one time uh, we were talking about something and he's like, hey, you ever seen Caligula? <laughs> <laughs> and I have not, but I've heard, I've heard, you know, heard tales of Caligula. And yeah. I've been wanting to see it. And it was on my list one time at Netflix and then I bumped it off because Netflix fucking hates movies before 2010. Yeah. But yeah. So yeah, I'm excited to see Caligula <laughs> one of these days. So I can have a nice, awkward oh. conversation with my father. Right. <laughs> I I haven't seen it either, but I don't know. That's that's a weird story that you have there. <laughs> yeah. Well, back to Blue Thunder. Um, I'll keep this a little brief, since uh, it was a while back when I watched it. It was a few months ago. I bought it cheap on Blu-ray. Yeah. Because I was like Roy Scheider, Malcolm McDowell. You got me. I'll, just, <laughs> I'll give you three bucks for a Blu-ray. Let's go. Synopsis. The cop test pilot for an experimental police helicopter learns the sinister implications of the new vehicle. Sinister implications? Yes. That's pretty ominous. So the cops, I think it's in L.A. And so the LAPD is this new experimental helicopter. It basically has like a whisper mode. You know, it's completely silent and... His state-of-the-art everything. And uh, Roy Scheider learns that it's going to be used for nefarious purposes. So he uh, steals it. (laughs) (laughs) And the uh, cops have to kind of chase one of their own. So they're bringing Malcolm McDowell. That's where he comes in. That's funny. He's kind of like the, I don't know if he's, I think uh, might be part of the government that swoops in. Okay. Type of a thing. Because I can't remember specifically if it's the cops that have that or if it's like something affiliated with the government or military. Mm-hmm. Either way, it's a showdown of helicopters and cops and bad guys in L.A. Yeah. A lot of helicopters flying around shooting shit. <laughs> that makes me think of the Ice Cube song, Ghetto Bird. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can see that a little bit. But uh, yeah, it was entertaining. It is kind of fun seeing Daniel Stern in such an early film and Malcolm McDowell in something other than The Clockwork Orange. Yeah, when he was still young. 
Yeah. Because most of the stuff I've seen him in, he was uh, it was in the 2000s. Yeah, he's like a principal at a high school or something. And you're like... And he's done some bad movies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I've heard rumors, you know, plenty of rumors that he's hard to work with or an asshole, you know. That's what I was saying. Like, after Caligula, I thought nobody <laughs> let him work for 20 years. Um, but yeah, there's definitely fun to be had in here. I'll have to give it a last resort because it's not something you need to go out and see, but... You could do far worse for sure. 80s entertainment, so last resort. It's a last resort. What have you seen lately, Brett? I Mr. Went, A-lister. I went to the theater as an AMZ A-lister. <laughs> AMC, if you want to just give me that for free for plugging you on the show, I'd be up for that. Sure. I'm sure AMC listens to this. I went and saw the 2019 film... Stuber. Good for you. It's directed. <laughs> <laughs> Not really. It's directed by Michael Douse or Dowsey, something like that. And it stars Dave Batista, Kamel Nanjiani or Nanjiani. Nanjiani. Sure. Okay. Mira Servino, Natalie Morales, uh, Iko Uwais. That's probably good. Uh, synopsis, a detective recruits his Uber driver into an unexpected night of adventure. <laughs> adventure. Anyways, I was uh, cautiously optimistic for this because I thought the trailers made it look like it was going to be at least entertaining. You mm-hmm. know, there's some funny stuff. There's some action in there. There's some wild stuff. And... uh but 90% of the footage from the trailer takes place in the last, like, 15 minutes of the movie. <laughs> and uh, I would say, I'm not a huge Kumail fan, and he's really Kumail in this movie. I see. Like, he's really... But what have you even really seen him in, though? I know you haven't he seen does the a Big lot Sick. Of, I've, he, he does a lot of bit parts and supporting roles that i've seen him in but I, okay. this is the first one where he's really been kind of like a a major uh main cast member that you've seen that i've seen so i was hoping that uh maybe batista could kind of cancel some of that out but uh yeah for the most part he doesn't there's still there's still a few laughs in there like there's a few funny parts but uh, like the whole catalyst for the story was kind of dumb, and I don't think they went over the top enough. Okay. Like it's not outrageous enough. So yeah, I'll give it a last resort. All right, it's a last resort. I've seen keep people complain about the the title Stuber sounds like a bad joke, and that's because it is. Like that's one of the early scenes in the movie is. Kamel's boss at his day job calls him Stuber, mm-hmm. and he's a, a, like a, a kind of a douchebag type character. So, I see. It's intentionally supposed to be a bad joke. So don't worry about it. They know. Good. <laughs> uh, so I went to Barnes and Noble a couple weeks ago because they were having their. Criterion sale where they're all 50% off. Now I'm a member, so I get an extra 10% off. Not sure if it's still going on or not, but 
regardless, I went there because uh, Criterion released a Jackie Chan collection a month or two back, and it's Police Story 1 and 2. And I'd never seen them before, and I'd always wanted to. I've heard how good they are, and, you know, for like the Hong Kong Jackie Chan, it's mm. supposed to be some of his best. And uh, so, yeah, it was there, and uh, I bought it for a nice low price of, I don't know, low 20s, probably like 21 bucks with all the discounts. So it was a steal because it used to be for, 50 for <laughs> for two movies. Yeah. Is that well with tax? It would have been like that's not fifty three or something retail. That's absurd. <laughs> Criterion, <laughs> it's always forty regular on Amazon. You can find deals where a lot of them are like twenty seven. Yeah, for Blu rays, but typical retail for Criterion's are forty. You'll have to get on the uh, Criterion channel. Yeah, is that is that out yet? Uh, not sure. I feel like I saw that it was delayed. Yeah, I don't know. It's just I don't know if I really trust it that much. It's going to be streamed, and I don't want to stream Criterions. It's like the whole fucking reason I get Criterions <laughs> right. is to get a physical copy that's not streamed. Yeah, exactly. But, but then you don't know when the uh, what the selection's going to be and when they're going to decide to take stuff off of there mm-hmm. or you know limit the, the amount of uh, material you have access to. Yeah. So, Police Story came out in 1985, directed by Jackie Chan and Chi Hua Chen, who's also, I guess he's credited as executive director. Good luck with that. Also written by Jackie Chan. Good luck reading all these names. <laughs> Starring Jackie Chan, <laughs> Maggie Chung, well, Bridget was, Lin. That's not too bad. Yeah. Kwok Hung Lam. That one was tough. Bill Tung. It's not so bad. <laughs> Yun Chor, Charlie Cho, <laughs> uh, Chi Wing Lao. Any Tobies in there? <laughs> Toby. <laughs> There's Tai Bo. <laughs> tai Bo. T A I dash B O. Oh, no. Tai Bo. Somebody called Billy Blanks. One guy's name is just Mars. <laughs> just says Mars. Whose <laughs> character's name is Kim. Just as Mars. Is he Korean? No, I, well, I don't know, but... Well, his character's name is Kim. <laughs> that's yes, a, it's possible. That's a Larry David bit from Kirby Enthusiasm. There's an episode of Kirby Enthusiasm where uh, Larry David's wife, Cheryl, has a uh, either a masseuse or... She might be the, the nail salon lady, like manicurist. Mm-hmm. And her name is Kim, and Larry just assumes she's Korean. Because mm-hmm. her name is Kim, but she's a white woman. I see. <laughs> <laughs> like, why? Why would you assume she uh, she's Korean? I don't know. Because her name is Kim. <laughs> <laughs> Good old Larry David. Uh, Can't back. wait for that show to come back. Yeah. Next year. Back to police story synopsis. A virtuous Hong Kong police officer must clear his good name when the drug lord he is after frames him for the murder of a dirty cop. So this movie is a hell of a lot of fun. First rate action. Set pieces not only hold up, they're some of the better set pieces you'll see. Hmm. I mean, the stunts that Jackie Chan does are just insane. I mean, I grew up 
watching Jackie Chan movies with my dad, kind of like Rumble in the Bronx and after okay. that type of thing. I think the first one I ever saw was First Strike. And then it was went back to Rumble in the Bronx and a bunch of his other stuff, basically from the early 90s to I don't know, early 2000s. Mm-hmm. I've seen most of them. Then you went around the world in 80 days? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then you put on a tuxedo. <laughs> but yeah, he risks life and limb in about every stunt in here. So do the other uh, stunt people. Quite frankly, I'd like to learn more about this film to see if anybody died. Because it seems like people would have to die to do some of the things that they did. Mm-hmm. Uh, stunts are incredible. Um, and he's always known for putting some comedy into the action as well as just um, throughout the film. Mm-hmm. And there's plenty of that. A lot of moments where I laughed out loud. LOL'd, so to say, for the kids. Yeah, this movie is a lot of fun. I would definitely recommend it. Something you should definitely check out if you're a fan of action or Jackie Chan in general. I will give it a soonish. Soonish. Watch this movie soonish. There you go. My next movie, also from 2019, it's a little movie called Crawl. Is it a spinoff of Son in Law? Oh, wait. No. Okay. Unfortunately. Sure. Unfortunately. Have you seen Son in Law? I think so. Can't remember because Polly Shore's name is Crawl in there. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> it's been long enough that I've forgotten pretty much anything that happened in it. I'm I'm sure I've seen it. It's his nickname from college because that's how he always got home. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> uh, yeah, I, I'm sure I've seen that one. I've seen a good number of Polly Shore movies. Crawl is uh, directed by Alexandra Aja. Stars uh, Kaya Scotolario and Barry Pepper. And the synopsis is... A young woman, while attempting to save her father during a Category 5 hurricane, finds herself trapped in a flooding house and must fight for her life against alligators. Mm. This one's pretty solid. This is a pretty solid movie. Yeah, so most of the movie, they're trapped in the the crawl space under their house as the hurricane is coming down around them, and the the area starts flooding. And then, uh, obviously, they're trapped by alligators. There's some good jump scares in there. There's some, uh, just the overall premise is pretty, uh, I guess, uh, I guess you could say scary. I don't like to say I'm scared of it, movies, (laughs) but uh, it's a... It's a pretty intimidating situation to find yourself in. Mm. Um, the alligators are CGI, and it's like they're obviously CGI, which I was a little disappointed in in some of that stuff. But if you look past that, like overall, it's uh, it's a pretty damn good movie. Like they don't really pull any punches with a lot of the the uh, interactions with the the alligators and the and the people pretty gory i assume there's some the director yeah there's there's some pretty violent parts this guy who did high tension and the remake of the hills have eyes so yeah and then to be pretty bloody and sam raimi was uh it was a producer on it so okay. um they have a pretty good track record yeah it was a pretty good uh you know 
little horror movie. Um, so I, I'd say eventually for Crawl. All right. Eventually. No, I told you I was at Barnes and Noble for Police Story. While I was there, I'm thinking, you know, I should get something else to uh, take advantage of this deal because it only they do it about twice a year. It seems like at Barnes. So I'm kind of looking around. I didn't really see much. There was a couple of things I was looking for, but they didn't have it in stock. Okay. So I'm looking around, and I see this movie called The Last Days of Disco. I pulled it out. I see it stars Chloe Seventy and Kate Beckinsale. I'm like, I don't know know if I've heard of it. Like Maybe briefly back in the day, don't know shit about it. Read the back. Yeah. And I kind of think... This might be up my alley. It's early 80s. I'll probably like the soundtrack. You know, it's supposed to be a, a comedy. Oh, I'll, t- I'll take a gamble. Blind buy. And it's the best blind buy I've ever had in my life. For real. For realsies. Wow. ASAP. That means now. This might be my first ASAP on wow. here. Wow. It is. Wow. Yeah. That's funny because that's been on uh, one of the, I can't remember which, it's one of the premium movie channels has had it for, I don't know if it's still on there, but it was on there for months and months and I've actively skipped it every yeah. time. Yeah. Because I, the synopsis doesn't really sell you on the movie. Yeah. I can guarantee you won't like it as much as me. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's go through the details here. Came out in 1998. Is directed by Whit Stillman, who I never heard of before. But uh, his first film, Metropolitan, came out in 1990. And he writes and directs his films. And he was nominated for Best Original Screenplay for his first film. So that's pretty good right off the bat. Okay. And Disco is the third movie in, I guess, an unofficial trilogy of similarly themed movies of young, doomed bourgeois love. Mm, he's, a bunch of, of, he's one of those directors. Well, it's like comedy satires of these bougie kids that are in love type of thing. Yeah. And uh, this film stars Chloe Sevigny, Kate Beckinsale, Chris Eigerman, or sorry, Eigerman, Mackenzie Aus- Aston. Mackenzie Aston's in there? Yeah, what's he from? From the Garbage Pail Kids movie? I guess if he's in. That's Sean Aston's brother. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, Mackenzie Aston's in here. Matt uh, Kiesler, Robert Sean Leonard, Jennifer Beals of Flashdance fame. Wow. Is in two scenes. She doesn't have a huge role. Uh, Matt Ross. Do you recall the name Matt Ross? It sounds familiar, but I can't quite place it. He plays Lewis Carruthers in American Psycho. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I need to rewatch that because it's been too long. I don't. I'm starting to forget everything that I. And he's had some bit parts in movies, but you wouldn't know him from uh, directing Captain Fantastic. Oh, okay. Yeah, so which I was, found that pretty interesting. It was a decent movie. Uh, Tara Subkoff, Burr Steers, David Thornton. David Thornton sounds familiar. Is that, is that the guy from uh, the one season of Fargo? I don't know. It says here he's in John Q, is he Home Brit- Alone 3. Is he British? I don't know. 
You can look it up. I'll look. <laughs> uh, Jade Barrymore. I think that's about it. Synopsis. Story of two female Manhattan book editors fresh out of college, both finding love and themselves while frequenting the local disco. So this movie is all about dialogue. Dialogue heavy. It's back and forth, really snappy, witty dialogue. Okay. So if you're not into that, it probably isn't the movie for you. I mean, this isn't a comedy where there's, you know, nobody fucks a pie in here. There's, <laughs> there's not like weird Ben Stiller, like meet the parents situations, you know, yeah. that come about. It's all snappy dialogue. I compare it a little bit to Tarantino's dialogue because they write, they talk about pop culture things. They discuss multiple Disney movies in here mm-hmm. at length. They debate them, which is pretty funny. Um, but yeah, it's a, most of the characters are just either douches or dipshits. Like they're young, rich assholes. But some of them, <laughs> most <laughs> of them, I should say. And you just kind of follow them around the club and in their lives and whatnot. And the soundtrack is the best soundtrack I've ever heard or seen, at least in terms of its usage. Really? Yeah. A lot of 70s Motown, even some 60s. There's only a couple of 80s songs. You know, I'm big into 80s, but there's only a couple of them. Well, I would suspect there's a lot of disco. Yeah. There's a lot of disco, but there's also some earlier kind of pre-disco Motown and uh, the Philadelphia sound okay. as well. There's some of that. Amazing soundtrack. You can't buy it digitally. You can buy the old CD off of you know Amazon or eBay or something, but that doesn't even have all the songs. Hmm. I've bought 19 of the songs. And there's still a few hits that I've left out so far. Okay. But it is just like banger after banger. And this movie made me start crushing pretty hard on Chloe Sevigny. I'm going to start looking at her career a lot more closely from now on. You're going to have to go see The Dead Don't Die then. Apparently. I mean, I did just see Lizzie not too too long ago. But uh, she really impressed me in here. Kane Beckinsale is great as well. There's basically two characters in here that are, you know, redeemable or you like. Basically, everyone else is kind of... And even the ones you don't like, you end up liking, at least for me. Okay. I definitely got a lot more out of it the second time I watched it. Because there's there especially one male character who's such a douche. And he is one of my favorite characters in it now because he's just so damn funny. I mean, he just kind of yeah. push it to the side how much of a douche he is. I mean, that's... That's what it's poking fun at. It's kind of unique in that it not only satirizes these types of people, but also humanizes them in a way where you don't hate them with a vengeance, you know. Mm -hmm. You don't want to date them or (laughs) necessarily be friends with them, but you enjoy them. It's almost like a play. There's limited sets almost. Half the movie's at a club, basically. Okay. Some of it's at their apartment, at their work. So I could see it being, you know remade almost as a play it would work very well Mm -hmm. but like with the music and everyone's dancing like everything seems to click everything's like synchronized so like they really did a good job of when they were shooting it like they had the song going on on set and how they synced it Mm -hmm. the final cut of the movie just worked out perfectly i thought yeah this has jumped into like one of my all-time favorite movies all right which is crazy wow 
I think you might give it like an eventually or something like that. Probably. Maybe you'd get bored of it because of the, you know, it's kind of more witty, sophisticated dialogue. What are you trying to say? Well, not that you can't appreciate it, but you might you, find it boring. You think that I'm not witty and sophisticated? <laughs> I don't know. But I'll have to challenge you sometime. Thoroughly offended. Actually, that might still be on demand. I'll look to see if it's still on demand. Yeah. It actually Wait. might be worth it to borrow the Criterion because, the, first of all, the trailer I've seen for this movie after I watched it, trailer is dog shit. Yeah. I don't even watch the trailer. <laughs> Compared to the movie, it's ugh, terrible. And the video quality looks like very late 90s. Okay. And so a Criterion kind of glosses it up a bit. I borrowed it to Jones because I told him about it. He's like, eh, I should see this. Mm-hmm. And uh, his wife, Sam, she quit halfway through. <laughs> <laughs> I thought she was going to like it. You know, it's more of, it's technically a rom-com. Yeah. And I thought maybe she'd get a kick out of it. Nope. And Jones liked it, but I think he didn't rate it. But if mm-hmm. he would, I think he'd probably just give it eventually. Okay. There's definitely things he liked about her. some things he didn't. He ended up not liking any of the characters, but. Well, he's kind of a jerk. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Jonesy. Love Jonesy. Oh, man. But yeah, I can't recommend this any, any higher, I guess. Um, Like I said, it's not for everyone. You know, you don't even have to not appreciate, you know, sophisticated or witty dialogue. You know, Mm -hmm. some people just don't like dialogue movies, you know, talky talky. Some people don't like Tarantino. They're like, oh, it's so annoying. (laughs) <laughs> or like they'll talk about death proof like, they just fucking talk for two hours they don't even talk about the plot <laughs> it's not even expositional yeah <laughs> but yeah I'm uh, excited to explore this guy's uh, other movies so I looked up David Thornton I can't figure out what I, I recognize him from I was thinking of somebody else that was uh... did you recognize the picture yeah he looks familiar I think I know him from Home Alone 3 <laughs> but I swear I've seen him in other stuff and I just couldn't looking through his uh his filmography I just couldn't figure out what it was cuz I haven't I haven't really seen a lot of the stuff he's done but like I know of that work. Mm-hmm. So I I just can't put my finger on why I know his name. Okay. But uh, he does look familiar. I think the guy I was thinking of uh he was the bad guy in God, was it season two or season three of Fargo? He was the British guy. Okay. I haven't seen season three yet. I've seen one and two. Yeah, it must have been season three, because I think it was the season with Ewan McGregor. Yeah, that would have been three. Yeah. he's got a, I think he's got a similar name, but uh, it's a different guy. Okay. Well, let's hear your spoiler-free thoughts on the uh, To Live and Die in L.A. To Live and Die in L.A., Surprise, surprise. That's my third movie. <laughs> it's from 1985. It was uh, directed by William Friedkin. It stars William Peterson, Willem Dafoe, John Pankow, Deborah Feuer, John Turturro, uh, Darlan Flugel, Dean Stockwell, Steve James, Robert Downey Sr. Of course. Uh, Michael Green, Christopher Allport. That seems like the most most of the important people. Synopsis, a fearless Secret Service agent will stop at nothing to bring down the counterfeiter who killed his partner. I will, uh, full disclosure, I tried watching this twice. 
while fighting the itis. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so I might... First time I stopped about halfway through, and and the second time I I started from the beginning, and I think I I fell asleep a couple times, so I I missed a little bit in the middle. So full but, full disclosure. But it's because of the itis, or did you were you bored with it? No, it wasn't because I was bored. It was because I was just fucking tired for some reason. Yeah, I don't know. But uh, yeah, it's uh, it's very stylish, very eighties. Especially that soundtrack, mm-hmm. that Wang, Wang Chung soundtrack. <laughs> Score. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's, uh, like, is it very stylized? It's, uh, they they do a lot of the show don't tell movie making uh, in this, is what I felt. Mm-hmm. Like, they, there's a lot of stuff where they kind of assume you know what's going on without, like, a lot of expositional dialogue or you know, voiceover or anything like that. So mm-hmm. you just kind of have to like follow along, which I didn't, I didn't mind so much. You know, it was, it was not the most obvious at times of what was happening, but, but you could keep up. Yeah. Right. I will say William Peterson is a fucking dork <laughs> <laughs> and it doesn't help that he looks like Chris Parnell. <laughs> so, but, uh, yeah, so he was he was a little over the top, which kind of fits the whole the whole movie itself is a little over the top. Um him and his partner, um his second partner. Uh spoilers. Was in the, it was in the synopsis. It was, yeah. It was in the synopsis. That's right. Uh, they they both are a little over the top with their with their antics as uh, you know, investigating officers or agents, mm-hmm. if, if you will. Um yeah, so there's uh, some good action in there, some uh, stuff that will catch you by surprise. Um, overall, pretty good. I, I'll give it an eventually. All right. Eventually. Yeah, I think I gave it a soonish, so it's pretty close. Yeah. All right. Uh, this is a challenge. We already talked about the movie challenge. We're challenging each other to. It's a double challenge. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna watch uh, "To Live or <laughs> Once Upon a Time in Hollywood." Yes, that is the correct title. Uh, Actually, the correct title is the ninth movie from Quentin Tarantino. <laughs> Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. <laughs> dot dot dot. <laughs> uh, so yeah, we'll be watching that, um, and then when we do the next recently seen up and talk about Tarantino's new movie. Uh, I will actually he'll challenge me to uh, watch a new film. That's how it works. Or a film I haven't seen rather. I got to figure out what it is. So before we get into spoilers for to live and I to live and die in LA, we'll just sign off by saying, please rate review, subscribe and iTunes, Stitcher, Apple podcasts. Heck even Podcoin. We're on a bunch of different podcast apps. Yeah. We don't have the cool, uh, Podcoin, uh, promo code promo code or the uh the read-along but we'll get on it we just found out about it so that's that's what the promo is i <laughs> <laughs> just found out about this new this new app called podcoin yeah uh, i know all the other podcasters know what i'm talking about yeah because i hear it on all your shows yep. so we'll probably get more detailed if we get some sort of a promo code from Podcoin, So I guess stay tuned on that, but 
Uh, you can email us at watchthismovie at yahoo.com. Check out our website at wtmwatchthismovie.com. And you can follow us on Twitter at watchthis underscore movie and Brett at PositivelyWolf1. Yeah. So if you want to help out the show, get some cool merchandise, head over to our store at teespring.com slash stores slash wtmwatchthismovie. Perfect. We'll have some new stuff up there in uh, just over a week. Yeah. August is coming. So, all right, let's get into it. You know, first off, I got a bone to pick with you about you saying Peterson's a dork. <laughs> fucking dork. I think he's one of the coolest motherfuckers I've ever seen. Wearing that black leather jacket, you with know, the, with the acid strutting wash. around in cowboy boots. He got was, the denim jeans. He was wearing uh, white sneakers for, for much of the movie. It, no, you fell asleep for most of it where he was... He he is wearing I, cowboy boots for most of the movie. I miss the cowboy boots. Yeah, most of the movies wearing cowboy boots. I was just mostly thinking about the scene at the airport where he follows mm-hmm. John Turturro into the men's room, <laughs> <laughs> and he's kicking in doors, and he's just like, Ree! <laughs> it's like the South Park episode. <laughs> Free! And then he like there's a guy in there taking a shit, and he shoots a shot off right over the dude's head. Yeah. Free Secret Service. And I, I bet you that shit was loud because uh, that, you know, bathrooms echo. Yeah. So I feel bad for that guy. In a heartbeat, I would dress up like his character in here for Halloween if anybody knew who the fuck he was or like recognized it. Nobody's going to be like, oh, you're to live and die in L.A., right? Like, <laughs> nobody's going to fucking say that. I guess say the, uh, the name is pretty sweet. The uh, the title of the movie "To Live and Die in L.A." Mm-hmm. been ripped off many times. Yeah. So, what did you think of the "To Live and Die in L.A." song? <laughs> That's not the Tupac song. Predates Tupac about ten years. This is all right. I like the. Uh, I think you probably like the soundtrack more than I do, but it was uh, it was very eighties. It's surprisingly good, isn't it? <laughs> like one of the things I liked about it was like they would incorporate sound effects of the scene itself into the score. Mm-hmm. Um, Especially when they're printing money. Yeah, when they're printing money, uh, they did a really good job of incorporating the sound of the the machines into the uh, the musical score. And it, it really added to it. Willem Dafoe is uh, he's kind of a shitty bad guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love him in here, but you're you're right. He doesn't like, necessarily think everything all the way through. Like he's pretty careful, but at the same time, reckless. He's very reckless. Mm-hmm. I I thought there's a lot of things where it's like, man, you're just asking to get caught. <laughs> like you're just asking. You know, you're visiting this dude in the prison, talking openly about your counterfeit money deals. Well, I think isn't. I'm not sure if that's a trope or not, but isn't it? Um, supposed to be illegal for them to record conversations on those phones. Yeah, but there's still uh, officers standing right there listening to you. Yeah. So it's not like it's uh, it's He's not his attorney, so they don't have attorney-client privilege. Mm-hmm. And, in fact, they might actually record the conversation now that you mention it because if it was his attorney, they'd put him in a room by themselves and then they can't record anything they say but like if it's just family or friends visiting 
Like, there's nothing to stop them from hearing that conversation. Mm. And like I said, there's a there's a corrections officer right behind him. Yeah. And then uh, he visits his attorney or whatever that attorney. I don't, I don't think he was his attorney, but that attorney who ripped him off. Mm-hmm. And he's like, "Don't you know you're being uh, you're being watched? You're under surveillance." And then he just fucking kills him in his house. <laughs> Although, I don't think he went there planning on killing him. Right. He went there to get the money, and then the guy fucking whacks him over the head of that statue, and then he... He shot him in the dick first. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, he's putting himself out there. Like, it, it, he's he's really visible. Mm-hmm. He's not visible, but he's really visible. Like, everybody knows who he is, but for some reason, nobody knows who he is. Well, how about that name? McMaster's. <laughs> Is it Masters or McMasters? Masters? I don't Shit. remember. My favorite name was uh, the old man, the the Peterson's old partner, who was too old for this shit and two days from retirement. <laughs> yeah. His name was Jimmy Hart. <laughs> <laughs> like the mouth of the South. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, the, the last maybe like 20 minutes where like they got the deal going down and it's peterson's character and his and his new par- his new partner and then willem defoe and his goon and then uh you know peterson tries to put the cuffs on him and they get in this little shootout there and they the goon and peterson both go down that was that was pretty shocking yeah there's some shocking violence in there like this show some pretty brutal uh murders <laughs> that they do what else? Um, yeah, the freaking the director, famous for kind of shooting one of the best car chases ever in the French Connection. And See, then, I, I I've seen the French Connection, mm-hmm. and I disagree that it's one of the greatest car chases ever. Well, it was revolutionary how they shot it. Nobody but, really shot chases like that at the time in 71 it's not really a chase though it's a car trying to drive in front of an l train from underneath it and it's thrilling as fuck brett he's just trying to make it to the next stop before (laughs) the train gets there it's not even a chase (laughs) but yeah there's a a great one in this one as well we're going back to the uh Flood control, the aqueducts, whatever you want to call them in L.A. Yeah. The bigger ones, I guess, in this one, though. It's the same ones I think Ryan Gosling's driving in for the drive. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, he goes the wrong way on, I'm not sure what interstate that is. Yeah. I don't know if it's the 405 or, you know, the 10 or whatever the hell it is. But um, a lot of great action, a lot of great, I think, um, tension. Yeah. Big thrill factor, I mean, with the music. And the car chase and the way it's shot, kind of close. There's a lot of close-ups of Peterson, especially mm-hmm. he's driving. I think it's shot to kind of amp up the tension. Yeah. Up to 11 and then break the knob off. <laughs> <laughs> These go up to 11. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's definitely good for those those t- types of things. But like I said, uh. It almost goes too much into the the show don't tell aspects of of the filmmaking. I thought because there's at least for like the first half or more of the movie, you're just kind of like trying to keep up with what they're doing, 
and like you're like I get that they're investigating this counterfeiter and Willem Dafoe is the counterfeiter and then his partner gets murdered and then he wants revenge for that. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I guess I'm just used to having a little more exposition in it. Yeah. It almost, at times it almost seemed like a, a long music video. Well, maybe you just missed some of the exposition <laughs> when you were sleeping. Well, maybe, <laughs> maybe, they, maybe they waited an hour and 10 minutes <laughs> to start doing it. But they they definitely have a. It does seem like they they tried to limit that uh, as much as possible, um, so that they could focus more on the action and the tension and and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. I definitely feel like this movie is pretty unique in that there's no redeemable characters. Yeah, Peterson, the main character, is a real piece of shit. <laughs> I mean, I think at best. He's an anti-hero. Yeah. But I don't even know if you can call him that. Well, the way got, he treats that woman, that his girlfriend slash... That informant. Informant. Who, I don't know if she's... I don't think she's his girlfriend. I think he just goes and fucks her. Yeah. And it's like, he, so he just like half rapes her every night? <laughs> like, what's the deal with that? It's... Because uh, when you first see him, it seems like... Yeah. You know, they're going out and she's into it. And then she's asking all these questions like, so if I, you know, did stop giving you information, would you... Lock me up. He's like, yeah, <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> just not a second thought. Like, yeah, she like tells Busted. him about she tells him about a drug deal going down. And he's like, I don't give a shit. I just want fucking Play-Doh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because he's only about funny money. Yeah, and then his partner turns into him. Yep, Vukovic. Because it's like he's like kind of the redeemable character, but like, well, he just turns into him. He even dresses like him in the last scene. Exactly <laughs> like him. It's like. If you weren't so small, I would think that you had just raided his closet. Mm-hmm. I mean, the woman herself, you can tell she was in trouble for a reason. Yeah. She did something bad. And she more likely than not set them up mm-hmm. with that deal she tells him about to either A, get Peterson killed or get him locked up in trouble. Mm-hmm. Or even if everything worked out, she gets money from it. So Right. She doesn't care if people die or go to jail as long as she gets money. But that doesn't, you know, excuse <laughs> how Peterson treats her. And yet I still like the guy. I don't know why. He's a real piece of shit. And I'm still like, God, that fucker's cool. I want to dress up like him for Halloween. <laughs> so fucking over the top, though. Yeah. I just couldn't get over, like, him busting people. And, are like, you know... Busting into rooms like when he's uh like investigating and shit and like dude settle down <laughs> <laughs> just so into it <laughs> like and I don't know, I assume that was a a conscious decision by the filmmakers to to make it like that mm-hmm. because it's it's almost like the stereotypical like movie cop, yeah, and uh I don't know, I kinda. I can't assume they, they're like, yeah, that's exactly what we want them to be mm-hmm. is, you know, more like the cops of like maybe the, the movies of like the fifties where they're just like so unrealistic and how over the top they are and yeah. busting people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can see that. How about John Turturro? I thought he was surprisingly good in here and this might be the earliest thing I've seen him in. Trying to think. Yeah, I was gonna. I I thought that was uh, 
interesting that he was in there because I didn't know he was around that long. Were you, you were surprised that he was good? I guess I'm not surprised that he's good because everything I've seen him in, he's been good. Yeah. But this is like the earliest thing I've seen him in. Like you don't and mess with like the Zohan? What's that? Like you don't mess with the Zohan? He was good in that? <laughs> I've never seen that, so can oh. tell you. Mr. Deeds, though, he's right on point. My my favorite line was uh, he was uh, talking to Willem Dafoe, and Willem Dafoe was talking about, or he was like asking him, like, how are you going to get me out of this? And he said something, Willem Dafoe answered something, and he's like, uh, Turturro goes, yeah, and I promise not to come in your mouth. <laughs> and the check is in the mail, and I promise not to come in your mouth. <laughs> that was a good one. It's like, I don't know if I've heard that one in a movie before. Yeah, this is definitely the earliest thing I've seen him in. It says he's in Raging Bull, but he's uncredited as Man at Webster Hall Table. So, yeah, he didn't do anything mm. in Raging Bull. I saw him the next year, and uh, I've seen him in Gung Ho and then The Color of Money. He's pretty good in The Color of Money. Yeah, I haven't seen that. Gung Ho I've been meaning to watch for several months. You might like that. <laughs> I figured I would. I just haven't gotten around to watching it. Well, I haven't seen it since I was a kid, so. I don't know if it's still on demand or, or being shown on any of the channels, but. But yeah, it was. I thought it was fun seeing him and Willem Dafoe in here. Because uh, Willem Dafoe did Platoon the next year, and that's when he really blew up. Because this movie was a flop. Yeah. Um, he Since gained a cult following, but at the time. I flopped. saw him in Streets of Fire, which I think came out the same year as To Live and Die in L.A., which was, uh, I think Walter Hill did that one. Okay. Which I was a little disappointed with that movie, but it's weird seeing a young Willem Dafoe, I will say. Mm-hmm. He looks just weird. <laughs> and then in four years, he'd be Jesus. Yep. That he would. All right. I think that'll do it. Anything else you want to add? No. All right. That'll do it. We'll check you later.
Guess we'll see you around. All right, check you later. Bye. Wait, man, why are you always such a dork, man? What are you talking about? Check you about? later. Check you later. <laughs> hey, man, you off my case.